This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Looking at video here of a hockey game in Edmonton. This is a minor hockey game, and things went a little sideways during the handshake, which is why it's a news story. Listen to this. <laughs> so the teams are lining up to shake hands. This playoff game Sunday ended in a shootout, and what was supposed to be a respectful oh. handshake quickly took a turn. It didn't stop there. More U18 Tier 1 players from Sierra and Stony Plain got involved, and there was a pile-up at the end of the ice. They just start going after one guy, uh, full-on handout to shake, and the other player on the other team just punches a guy right in the face. Mm-hmm. I've seen it a lot, but I think this is the first time I've seen a player punch a coach because there's also one of the coaches the was coaches getting punched were by a player too. Yeah, it got uh, it got out of control really fast. Jim, I'm surprised uh, with with your suggestion here. We were just talking about this off the air. Well, I th- I think maybe they should just keep the handshakes to before the game instead of after. Like I probably pre gamer. Pre-game handshake. I think they might do both actually before and after the game. But um, I just I've probably seen it like a dozen times in minor hockey. This is probably the worst I've seen. But uh, I don't know. To me, there's like nothing more volatile than like a 17 year old emotionally. You know, and these games it means a lot to these people. And I've been there. I played sports. I've never gotten in a fight in any sport, thankfully. But you know. It is devastating, and one thing can set you off. Like, a player can hit you or touch you, and that whole line brawl breaks out. I've just seen it happen enough that maybe it's not worth it. Shaking hands after the game. Yeah. Isn't the whole point of doing that is to demonstrate sportsmanship and to develop an ability to just leave it on the ice and leave it as a game? Ideally, Ideally, I think that would be great, but I think a lot of there's just a lot of emotion wrapped up, and I think there's a way we wish humans behaved and a way humans do behave, and they do behave irrationally, especially when the emotions are heightened there. What about just getting rid of it altogether? Why, why bother shaking hands before? Because I do believe sportsmanship is a, is important, and you know, I, I think people are more alike than they are different, and I think shaking the other team's hand is is a good thing. I mean, in the in the MLB, they don't shake hands after games. In the NHL, they only shake hands after the series is over. And, and what do those sports have in common? Constant bench clearing brawls. So, I mean, if the adults getting paid millions of dollars can't be held or like expected to behave in these handshakes, then I don't know if teenagers should be too. The Taz and Jim Podcast. We posted a video on the Taz and Jim Facebook page. It's a hockey game in Edmonton, minor hockey game. Players lining up to shake hands after the game, and then the fists start flying. Major brawl breaks out. Jim, your suggestion is maybe it's time to get rid of post-game handshakes between teams and either don't shake hands at all or do a pre-game handshake. 100% pre-game handshake is what I'm down with. Hey, it's Taz and Jim. Taz and Jim, it's Chad the Ref here. How are you guys? Chad the Ref, what do you think from your professional standpoint, should they get rid of uh, post-game handshakes? So I find that in the smaller towns or the lower-level hockey is when you have those problems with the kids who, who don't know how to have sportsmanship or who haven't learned sportsmanship yet. Um, the handshake is a great, is a great uh, learning mechanism uh, to teach these young kids um, the leagues that we do here like in the small towns of St. Mary's and Stratford here on Perth area uh, Mitchell included their gym 
Mm-hmm. Um, we do handshakes at the start of games because all the testosterone and all that stuff, it hasn't boiled over the pot yet. So you um, don't do the post-game handshake? We do a post-game handshake if a series is over. And usually at that time, in the levels we do, the, the games are are either sweeps or a very good series. So the kids kind of know how to act and how to say, you know, good game. I think in the um, smaller towns, too, there's less kids who are trying to make a career out of it, and there's less stakes if they do throw a punch. You know, if there's a kid whose parents have paid thousands, like $20,000 yeah. to play in some AAA league or something like that, that uh, there's totally a lot right. more on the line. And if you're a 17-year-old guy, you know this is kind of your last year in midget. <laughs> who cares? You're going to throw a punch, you know? Yeah, you do it for your buddies work. in the stands yeah, more than anything. Like, yeah, it's, it's just a different mentality. Well the next morning at uh, McCurdy Manufacturing or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, ideally, I would love it if everybody could suck it up. But I've I've played a lot of sports in my life, and I know what it's like. And even in my indoor soccer games, we're all adults, and we're all over the hill with nothing to prove. And there are <laughs> there are guys who will refuse to shake your hand after a regular season game, and they will march off because they're so mad. And if they did come out to shake your hand, maybe there would be a punch thrown. And maybe it's better if they did that they do walk off if they're that heated. So it's just human nature, and I don't know. The less fights, the better for me. And those guys are also the guys that walk in slow pitch. You know, you go home and your wife says, honey, how'd the game go? Well, I, I, took, I took two walks. I was over two and took two walks. Yeah. So those are the guys that Resting don't the bat on the shoulder, talks about how he's a hero. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, Chad the Raft signing out. Have a good weekend. Ask a lawyer. Ask a lawyer. Ian Snedden, partner with Cohen Highly Lawyers, is on the line. Hey, Ian. Let's go to Nikki. Nikki, you have a question for our lawyer. Yes. Hi. Um, so I have a business with two partners and two of us are in our business every day doing day-to-day work. And the other one does about two days of work a month and then kind of goes MIA for the rest of the time. So she kind of just up and left a few months ago, but we want to buy her out and she doesn't know that yet. How can we... Well, she might now. <laughs> Sounds like that's kind of what she wants. <laughs> well, she says she's going to come back in April and we'll discuss it. Um, but we don't want her to come back. So. <laughs> Did you guys equally invest uh, uh, the same amount of money up front? Yeah, yeah it's a three-way split okay. for everything. And how long and has she been work? lazy? A couple of years. How successful are you guys? How's what, sorry? Like, how successful is your business? Going great, or you guys need her out so you can, you know, do better? Uh, No, we're doing good. We're absolutely doing good. Um, But without her there, we can do more. Cool. Because we're not always waiting on her. Mm -hmm. Also, the motivation, if you're working harder than other people are getting the same amount of money because of your hard work, it's got to be frustrating. Mm -hmm. It's got to wear you down. It is. Absolutely. What do you think, Ian? Um, well, first of all, Taz, I was just watching TV, and you broke the rules in the Savannah group. Anti-woke language, you're not allowed to call people lazy anymore. It could hurt somebody's feelings. Okay, sorry. So, <laughs> Ambition. I, well, I was going to say lazy AF, so oh, I'm glad oh. I stopped with just lazy. <laughs> Okay. Ambition deficient. We'll and call I'm just them. I'm just going based on what, the story I'm hearing. I don't know this person. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I'm, I'm not saying I agree so with that. So lazy I'm just is I, an insult. I've heard. Lazy is like a one of the words you can't say anymore. Of course, they edited uh, out of the yeah. world doll books. Yeah, you can't say hardworking <laughs> either. So it's, who's going to be insulted by being called hardworking? Uh, but I guess 
maybe the lazy people are upset by the word hard work. Okay, no more L word. We're already in trouble. Uh, so right. what, what would you recommend to Nikki, Ian? Well, first of all, you, you um, so it'll be governed by the Partnership Act. So if you wanted to play amateur lawyer, look up the Partnership Act and what remedies are there in a partnership. Now, if you actually already have a written partnership agreement, it may say how you either terminate the partnership and start a new one, which is you and the uh, partner you do want to work with. Uh, and if it's all very confusing to you, then uh, call one of our lawyers uh, like Tyler Horty, who could help you out on that. Okay. So you uh, have it won't that be as easy as just like you don't think this some money and go away. You don't think this partner is going to want to leave the situation. Probably not. Um, well, it sounds like she's it, got it pretty good. She doesn't have to do any work, and she's getting paid yeah. as much as the people who do. Yeah, even though she's not doing, yeah, like you said, she's not doing a whole lot. She's yeah. prioritizing other things over this. That's a good way to put it instead of calling her lazy. And, and <laughs> hold on, there's one other thing I should say is there's a possibility staying out of the court system through mediation and arbitration, we just hired uh, Casey Counter, which I'm very excited about. She's a certified mediator. She's not a lawyer, but she can help with those sort of uh, uh, troublesome uh, ideas without paying a lawyer's rates. So it's, that's it's always cheaper than going to court, right? Yeah. Always. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say always, but usually, vast majority of the times, mediation is going to be cheaper than going to court. Okay, Nikki, I hope that helps, and I hope you're able to find a remedy for your situation. Thank you. And I'm sorry I called your friend lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Let's ask a lawyer with Taz and Jim. We've got Ian Snedden, partner with Cohen Hiley Lawyers, on the line. And time for a couple more questions. Let's go to Dan. Dan, you're playing amateur lawyer later today. What's the situation you're in? Okay, quick backstory to it. My fiance has an absolutely insane neighbor who's completely obsessed with her. And uh, she keeps calling the police on her for ridiculous reasons. And now she's put a peace bond against her. So I'm representing her today at 1130 in Stratford to beat this peace bond. But you're not All a lawyer. Accusation- no, not by any means. I spend my fair share of time in courtrooms, but... What kind of stuff is the neighbor calling the cops for? Okay, her cat went missing, so she called the cops on her. She said she looked at her funny. She called the cops. Last week, she said she was chasing her around town, yet my fiancé was in London getting her eyelashes done at the time. Uh, Even last week, we were actually having sex, and she called the cops because we were too loud. Well, that's (laughs) maybe... The cops... The cops, not appropriate, but... Maybe a post-it note on the door. <laughs> Keep it down, yeah, you, hey, you animals. Yeah, well, my fiance's a rocket. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Maybe that's where the hatred comes from. It's jealousy. Is, she's looking at her past she's, youth. She's obsessed with her. Yeah. Yeah. So she's too I, much I of a rocket. Advice on, yeah. Maybe invite her over to watch. Why be selfish? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get some actual advice or <laughs> some thoughts from Ian on this. What would you say to Dan going into the courtroom to defend his uh, fiance today, Ian? Well, it sounds like an interesting case. Uh, first of all, there are some restrictions on non-lawyers representing people in court. So that might be a an issue. But 
if he is permitted to make submissions, um, I don't know the type of proceeding that's going on. Normally a peace bond is something that's entered into voluntarily. And we're so, going in front of a justice of the peace. In front of a justice of the peace. Okay, so yes. it's probably a situation where you're going to ask for a trial date that you don't consent okay. to a peace uh, bond. Okay. Don't yeah, consent to the bond. Two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, and then retain a lawyer. Not me. Well, you're <laughs> busy with your rocket fiance, bud. You got other priorities. <laughs> I'm exhausted, man. I'm exhausted. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. Taz and Jim, joined by our good friend Juan the Colombian. It's been a while. How are you, Juan? It's been a while. I miss you guys. We wanted to ask you about this story. Headline is 28 girls taken to hospital uh, for anxiety and fainting after using Ouija boards at a school in Colombia. So there was a bunch of uh, girls using the Ouija board and it got overwhelming for them. (laughs) And they had to be hospitalized (laughs) because they were so freaked out, allegedly, by the Ouija are Ouija boards a big thing in Colombia? Yeah, yeah. So basically when you're younger, I feel like every younger, uh, like young person will do it in Colombia. In like, You'll I give don't it know, a try at that, some point. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone wants to do it. But yeah, it's like the first time I hear a story like that. But Colombia, so Colombia has this thing that we are a very uh, religious country. So... Like the devil is terrifying. Oh, it's crazy. So if your mom or your grandma will like hear you even mentioning the Ouija, because that's how we call it, Ouija, they will go crazy. They will start singing, Perdóname, Señor, con tu espíritu. And then you start like praying. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a church song? Pretend me God from the spirits or something like that. (laughs) So in the culture, there is a belief in the supernatural, the paranormal, the afterlife. We're very uh, superstitious. So when people do this kind of stuff, they're like, oh, no, now you're cursed for the rest of your life. Like things are going to happen to you. Go well. Actually, there is a thing now that I remember that if your grandma believes in God too much, they will like shower you with um, what is this? Like herbs. You yeah. will have to go inside the shower, and she will like hit you with herbs and be like, "God, please get help her." Blah blah blah. It's so crazy. if she thinks demons are in you, she yeah. will hit you with with herbs mm-hmm. in the shower, and they will put like candles in the home and like pray and say like, "Give you that oregano exorcism." <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. You will smell like crazy, but yeah. Well, that's... I guess if if that's what you're <laughs> taught your whole life, then you would have anxiety if you decided to use a Ouija board. That's what I think. I think like more than what they did, it's more like something actually happened and it's more the culture. So like their whole family is like, oh, you didn't know you're going to be dead. You're going to die, this and that. <laughs> and then, of course, they're, they're your kids. So. Even in our in Canadian culture, as a young boy, I can remember using a Ouija board in high school and people would get pretty freaked out. Oh, totally. I used to, well, my parents still do live next to a graveyard. So our our house was always spooky. So, and it was an old farmhouse. So all throughout high school, I've probably done a Ouija board at least 50 times. You're done. Get the herbs out. I know. This is for you. This is for you. Protégeme, señor, con tu espíritu. Hopefully Ah. you don't die. 
You got spinach in my eyes. Wanna see you peacock. Devin Peacock is our sports guy. He is here to talk basketball. Uh, we played the audio yesterday of Fred Van Vliet from the Raptors after a disappointing loss, going off, calling out a uh, referee by name, saying that he did a terrible job. He has now been fined for his comments. He knew this was coming. I mean, like, there's no one in the NBA who comments on the officiating who doesn't know. Like, even, like, in every single sport, like, John Tortorella in the past is, like, either shied away or he's leaned into it in the NHL when he's going to make, when he's made comments. Well, if you're going to get fined, you should make it worth your money. Yeah, yeah. It's simply saying, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Not worth it. No. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny statement, but, yeah, if you're going to lean in, go for it. So, 30 grand is what the NBA hit him with. 30,000, like, was that worth $30,000, that little... uh... I don't know. Like, do you think that they passed the hat? Around the it's room? only five grand per swear word. Statement. Do you think the teammates pass a hat around proverbially, proverbially and everybody? Probably not. To be mm-hmm. honest, uh, other players m- must agree with him, though, when it comes to the officiating. One hundred percent. So uh, Van Vliet's comments made a lot of waves in the NBA yesterday. Marcus Smart is with the uh, Boston Celtics. He was asked about what Van Vliet had to say, and Marcus Smart was in agreement, but all he said was, I'm going to let Fred speak on this one. So he didn't <laughs> want to get fined. <laughs> he didn't want to get fined as well. But I mean, I mean, Van Vliet is making like at least 20, you know, 25 million. Like he can, he can afford a $30,000 fine still. It's like a parking ticket doesn't for doesn't matter how much money you make. $30,000 is a big check to write. It's not yeah. fun. Yeah. Mm. The question is though, are the refs now going to be doubling down on Toronto and say, Retaliate. okay, well, you don't like us? Well, we're going to be going to be extremely critical of every single thing you do, which I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but then the referees also have to be like careful here because if all of a sudden you're picking on one team, I mean, officiating is difficult. Let's just put that out there. But if you're picking on a team, the Raptors would have a real gripe because they could say, we said something, and all of a sudden all this these calls are going against us. You're almost that, validating Fred Van Vliet at you're that You're validating point. them, and you're also uh, causing trouble for your own self. So the referees, I wouldn't be surprised if they're harder on Toronto, but if that does happen, they could find themselves in hot water. The Taz and Jim Podcast. Just did a FaceTime, called home. Jim, I know uh, that you are thinking about having kids once you and your fiance Sarah are husband and wife. Have you changed your mind after overhearing that FaceTime call I just had with my family? No, that's not the... Well, I know your your mom, your, your mom, your wife was uh, kind of getting the kids ready for school, so it was a little hectic. But I grew up in a family of six kids. I've heard yeah. parents yell at their children many, many of times. All my cousins, my friends yell at their kids constantly. There was You're kids the screaming. One. There was my, my wife was screaming. <laughs> it's just chaos over there right now. And to top it all off, I've just received a text message. Where are the jackets? Oh, And I boy. said, I don't know. They're in your car. Grayson's two winter jackets. He can't go to school now. And I said, well, I tell him to... T- <laughs> I tell him to bring everything out of the car when he gets out of the car. I guess he didn't listen. From now on, you are the adult responsible for their things. It's not their responsibility. They are kids. <laughs> oh, wait. And the coat's in your car right now? Uh, apparently, his yeah. winter coat is in my car. Uh, so oh. I will drop it off at school later, I guess. 
And Taz, I did. Have we not discussed this about your phone etiquette? Why? Why are they on speakerphone? We have, we've talked about this. You call people constantly and put them on speakerphone. I feel uncomfortable because your wife to doesn't say know. Hi to my kids and say I love you. I know, but your wife doesn't. You have to say, was, "Hey, honey, I love you." By the way, show. Jim can hear because your wife probably didn't want me yeah. to hear that. And so well. I just like quickly put my headphones on and started editing audio, so I didn't have to listen to the rest of it. She awkwardly. probably didn't want me to read those text messages <laughs> on the radio either, but. <laughs> Figured, hey, I'm already, I'm already in the doghouse here. Why not? I am, honey. I'm sorry. I love you so much. You're an uh, amazing mother, and you're absolutely right. I should make sure that the winter coats and the backpacks and everything else are out of my car after I pick the kids up from school. She is, she is right about that. She is right. Yeah. He is right. I mean, it would be nice to live in a perfect world where my kid is responsible for his own clothing and backpacks, but we're just not there yet. And this has been a valuable lesson for me. <laughs> and moving forward, I will do my very best to ensure that this doesn't happen again. And I, I know that I'm working early in the morning and I miss the getting the kids ready for school thing. I don't know how stressful it is on a daily basis, but... Um, with that short FaceTime call we just had, I got a real taste of what you go through every day, and I love you and appreciate you. Dude, that was like a celebrity press conference. <laughs> that was like a prepared written statement. Like you're a hostage. Yeah, or a politician that <laughs> yeah, got yeah, caught doing something My behavior was really unbecoming. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. It is time to move your clocks ahead on uh, Saturday night when you go to bed, or if you stay up. 2 a.m. is the official time on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. 2 a.m. suddenly becomes 3 a.m. Boy, and if you're drinking. If you're still awake, you're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Here's some tips, actually, on how to help you adjust to the time change this weekend. They say you should go to bed 15 to 30 minutes early tonight. So kind of work your way, your tolerance to the the time change up. So go to bed early tonight, early again tomorrow, and then by Monday you should be good to go. I believe that the time change does affect human behavior, but how consistently are people sleeping that this is going to throw them off that much? Like, I'm always going to bed way different times and waking up at like hours and different times on weekends and mornings. I don't know. Jim, do you make your bed a place you want to sleep in? Meaning fresh, clean sheets and no phones or tablets in the bedroom? No. There's a suggestion. The sheets are clean, but there's phones or tablets. I, I do my fall clock. into the, uh, the I'm going to bed now, and then three hours later, I'm still scrolling through my phone, though. Yeah, yeah, your wife comes in. <laughs> Not and you're a like, good habit. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you just didn't want to watch a movie with me. Exactly. No, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> Don't eat too much, they're saying. And That's true, yeah. That's a good advice on any night. You'll sleep better for the time change. No alcohol either. One, just one Lies. drink can disturb your sleep. How? One drink disturbs it, but if you have like seven or eight, <laughs> yeah, undisturbable. Boy, you can sleep pretty soundly. And cut out caffeine. There are your tips to help you with daylight savings time, which begins Sunday at 2 a.m. Get ready to spring forward. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. The lead singer of White Snake, David Coverdale, has gotten a haircut. This is news. He posted a picture on the official White Snake Instagram account of his new do. And, you know, there's there's a point where 
male rock stars really start looking like your aunts. Big time. Steven Tyler looks like your crazy aunt. Oh yeah, especially when he wears like a like a cougar print top. Like a thin top, you know what I mean? Yeah, and like a small prints. scarf. Yeah, shawl. And big glasses, you know? It looks like you know, my aunt shopping in L.A., basically. <laughs> How old a little is streak of gray. How old is David Coverdale? He's 71 years old. I mean, he's still got a great head of hair, but it, it is, it's my mom's haircut. <laughs> like, my mom, um, I was down in Florida with my mom last week, and I had to drop her off at the salon. And she came out of the salon with this exact haircut that David Coverdale now has. Wow. And, you know, I got to say, still a good-looking man. For a 70-year-old, he's crushing it. But he also has earrings and very light-colored lips, so it almost looks like he's wearing a light-colored lipstick. I think he might have lipstick and mascara or eyeshadow on. foundation. Hey, I mean, when you're big in the 80s... Rock yeah. and makeup for the for the rest of your life, I guess. That was the style. Uh, men dressed like women back mm-hmm. when they were in rock bands in the 80s, and, and now he's just dressing like a 71-year-old mom. <laughs> Tasteful, you know? <laughs> That's a nice blouse he's wearing as well. It is very nice. And some jewelry. Oh, here, I'm looking, because I, I just Googled to see how old David Coverdale is, and some older pictures popped up, and... Yeah, like that haircut looks like it could have been my mom's haircut in 1989 as well. Oh, yeah. This one is from, I think this is the haircut my mom, and my mom has great hair. Uh, But this is literally. Gray hair or great hair? Great with a T. But the bangs, like that is exactly my mom's haircut. Okay. And this is before, this isn't the new haircut. No, this looks like circa 2004. I'm jealous. I'm a bald man. I would take the same haircut as my mom in a second if I had yeah, the yeah. option. Oh, too bad your mom wasn't Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> then you could both have the same hair. That would be cute. <laughs> I might get a David Coverdale old lady wig. <laughs> it looks good on him. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.